In a world where geek is now chic, what was once deemed nerdy or geeky has become fashionable. What used to be odd and different is now part of mainstream culture. The way we consume our entertainment has changed with the advent of new and meaningful technology. Comic books are no longer stories just for kids. They've become all-age entertainment with mature subject matter, rivaling the depth of the very best novelists. They've become a driving force behind a large portion of American entertainment. Costuming has gone from being a small but loyal subculture to a highly visible art form thanks to science fiction and comic book conventions that celebrate cosplay and fandom. Thanks to Marvel, DC, Star Wars, Star Trek, and many others, the movie landscape has changed forever. Through Doctor Who, Game of Thrones, The Walking Dead, and more, once genre shows are now mainstream rating giant. We are a podcast that looks at the comic book culture. We are a podcast that talks about the cosplay community. We are a podcast that can't help but dissect the movies and shows we watch. We are. We are. We are. The Galaxy Cast. Folks, welcome to this episode of the Galaxy Cast. I have with me today Eric the Artist. I don't feel so good, Mr. Stark. I have with me Gary the Stud. That'll be me. I'm your host, Bob Chrisman. That means we have three people in the studio tonight. Uh, yes, some people are taking a hiatus. Uh, so my children are you know, gathering themselves after college, and well, my high schooler is just busy. So, lots to discuss tonight about Star Wars. That's right. We're going to step away from Marvel for a little bit, because I think we marveled you out. In the last podcast. Yeah. And I, can we Marvel people out? I don't know if you can, but, you know, we definitely geeked out on Marvel a lot last time. So we thought, you know what, let's let's go back to our roots. Time to dig our roots and get back into some Star Wars here. So we're going to talk about several things tonight. We're going to talk about John Favreau's live-action TV show. We're getting more information about that. Eric pointed out some things about that that we're going to discuss tonight about some CGI stuff that could potentially be right around the corner. We're going to talk about the possibility of an Obi-Wan Kenobi film. Rumor mill. Rumor mill. What we know and what we don't know and what's rumor. And then, of course, the Han Solo movie premiere has happened. And so we want to talk a little bit about what we saw with the Han Solo premiere. We didn't actually see the movie, obviously, because we're here in New York and not in California. No. Teardrop. But uh, at the same time, we do know of some things that were going on. So we thought we'd talk about that. And we have speculations. Yes, we do. Okay, so let's first off talk about the amazing announcement this week via Twitter that John Favreau, who is the director of the Star Wars live action TV show, now it doesn't it does not have a title yet, right? I've as been far looking, as I know, I it cannot doesn't. find a title anywhere at this point. But they have confirmed John Favreau has confirmed that his live action series will take seven years after the Battle of Endor, uh, and will be between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. Yes. Do we know how many years after Return of the Jedi that Force Awakens occurs? I figured it was almost real time because I of it was too. because of the aging of Mark Hamill. So I was I was going to guess about thirty years. Okay, so there's that much time in between. I it thought it was maybe like only it. ten, fifteen. Well, but. you got to figure 
Kylo's what? He's supposed to be 19 or 20? I think least. he's supposed to be in his young 20s young at least, 20s. I would think. So if they had a kid and that's 20 years right there and they probably didn't have him right away, I mean, I, I, think, I think getting close to 30 years would be a pretty safe bet. Yeah, I guess that's true. I don't remember if in the crawl of the beginning of Force Awakens it said. It doesn't say how many how many years. I'm pretty sure it doesn't say like how many years between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens. One of the books might say. <laughs> probably does, and I just haven't read it yet. So, you know, it'll be interesting. I don't, I don't know if, you know how you guys feel about the idea of filling in that storyline somewhere between <clears throat> Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. You know, maybe, maybe do you think it'll make it, the movie more palatable to you, The Force Awakens, if, if they could fill that in correctly? <clears throat> what do you think, Gary? They'd need a lot of filling in to do for me. Okay. <clears throat> but if there's some good backstory there, I mean, this is where I have some hope because it's John Favreau. And, and so I look at it this way. People bitched about Iron Man, right? And the lack of any sort of integration into anything. It just kind of happened, right? And then somebody revealed that Favreau was overseeing the next, like, what, five films or something like that crazy. It was, it was a crazy amount of Marvel films. And he had revealed he was going to make sure they all kind of interconnected and it would all make sense. Do you think that makes you feel better, knowing that it's Favreau who started this whole Avengers thing? I mean, we're raving about last week. Favreau Could is, he do it again with Star Wars? Favreau you know? is the reason we have a Marvel interconnected cinematic universe. Absolutely. He made Iron Man happen. He put Robert Downey Jr. in that role. Yep. And then he was involved in a number of the movies as right. kind of like the kind of like the Kevin Feige. Before Kevin Feige came along, he was right. kind of that role. So Favreau has a very good track record in terms of world building right. when you compare it to that. Now, granted, he's stepping into a world that's already built, but he's being told, here's a gap, fill it. Right. So I am very excited because I think Favreau is one of those people who, he's underrated, first of all. He's not a name mm -hmm. that pops up when you talk about famous directors or famous people in Hollywood. People seem to forget about him almost. You yeah, know? Why, why do you think that is? He's I, not I a can't... Peter Jacks. I think it's because he just is pretty... Low key, he really? keeps himself laid back. He does the work, he, but the work he does is extremely high quality. Oh yeah. So to me, I think he was one. He's one of the names, one of the few names they could have put behind the TV series that I would have been excited about. Mm -hmm. He's uh, t to me, he seems like he's down to earth. He, yeah, he knows what he's doing as far as the uh, keeping everything, the continuity correct, and all that. Mm -hmm. I, um, I think he's fanboy enough. Do you know what I mean? Like, not too fanboy exactly. where it's like he's over the top, exactly. but fanboy enough to like be able to pull it off. Yep. You know, and like not he did fanboy with too little where he says, "I can drop everything <laughs> right. in this universe and do my own thing. It'll be <laughs> awesome." Which yeah. I think is what your guys is complaining about. <laughs> Ryan Johnson is all about because yeah. he's just not fanboy enough, and he definitely <clears throat> had his own style when it came to that. So I, you know, part of me says that this might have been the 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 most brilliant thing Disney could have done is like to take the guy who basically put Marvel where it is right now and say, okay, well, we've got this other product over here that's not, you know, it's not bad and it's not failing, but it certainly isn't where we want it to be. John, do you think you could come in and do a TV show that'll help fix some of that? You know, I, I totally could see where Disney might have made and that I'm, decision. And yes, I know the books have covered it. There was a couple books that came out that apparently tell, what was it? Bloodlines, maybe? There was like a Bloodlines, couple that, that yeah, were yeah, supposed yeah. to tell the story of how the First Order came to be and all right. that. So it's in books. Yes, I know that's supposed to be canon and all that. And it's in books. But I've always said this on this podcast. Yeah. When they take their media and they take important information, when they take a very cool, big product like a Star Wars or something, mm -hmm. and they take well, it, media, information that we want to hear, 
details about the story that we really are interested in and say, that's in an ancillary thing. You got to go find a book and read about it. It's like, it's not enough. I want movies and I want things about it. So to me, <clears throat> finally telling these stories and telling them in this format is what I've been kind of waiting for. I wish there were movies, but I yeah. will totally take a TV series because the level, let's face it, the level of TV quality has bumped up now to where it's movie quality. Uh, and I mean, we're going to talk about that in a minute with this. Well, yeah, and if you look at, I mean, even yeah, I'm looking at low lower end TV shows. The quality on lower end TV shows have come up quite a bit. Oh you know? yeah, and I, I do think they're now turning into mini one hour movies. Is what they're really turning into because the production quality on them is phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to get, you know, like a like a Star Trek <laughs> level CG quality no. or you know sets that yeah in the 90s they were cool but you know they're very dated. You're going right. to get movie quality stuff I think in this TV right. show. I really do. Right, and I'm telling you guys right now, like I know you guys haven't kept up with Agents of Shield, but I'm impressed still, even now. And Agents of Shield, ABC's admitted it's waning as far as the number of viewerships and stuff like that. But even in its lower end, because they moved it to Friday night, which is the death kill night, as they call it on ABC, because it's the night that normally people, you know, the productions don't out. do well, right? But they've kept the quality up. And they've kept the cost down, and part of that has to do with the way they're doing their CGI through the through the show. Yeah. And the CGI is pretty good. I've, I've been impressed with what they're doing on the CGI of the show. So let's talk about that for a minute, because Fabro did a movie, and Eric, I'm glad you pointed this out, because i, I got to be honest, I never watched the movie. Now I want to like down, like down go down a little I bit. I would highly it. suggest it. Uh, it's a great family movie, too. That's right, yeah. I mean, and I'll tell you why I didn't watch the movie initially, and that's because it was just another one. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's... Uh, he direct uh, Favreau directed The Jungle Book. This was from last year, if I remember correctly. I right? think it was last summer, yeah. Yeah, like, like 2018, summer of 2017. 17. Sorry. He directed The Jungle Book, and I didn't realize this until Eric brought it up to us, that almost everything in the movie is completely CG created. So the, the animals are all CG created. We were just watching videos on YouTube about that. The sets in the background are pretty much minimal at best. Like, you might have a log and a couple things of mud or whatever, and everything else is CG created. And that's the part you didn't get to see. We watched some of these videos, and they focused more on the animal animations. When you see the epic backgrounds that are in this movie, the entire sense of place, you never once think they're, they're dropping this kid in to a fake environment. Right. I mean, we're talking avatar levels of complete believability, just... Just knock it out of the park. Fantastic. And the thing that amazed me was it was on such a lighthearted kind of fun movie. Right. And they talked about this in the the videos we watched about the animal animations. Something else that was impressive was they didn't try to anthropomorphize. Right. That's the way it's pronounced. Sorry, it took me a second. Anthropomorphize. <laughs> blah, blah. They didn't try to make the animals human. They let them be animals. Their facial features don't right. get – they get about as expressive – a wolf gets about as expressive as a wolf gets. A bear as, as much as a bear. They, they really structured them realistically and it worked so much for this movie because you, I thought they'd put cougars there and then faked their faces. Right. When I watched the movie, I thought there were some real trained animals that they were using and they had kind of digitally gone over right. and put – I didn't realize the entire thing was not there and a bunch of people in blue screen suits – are like carry. There's a scene where he gets carried by monkeys. Yeah, and granted, that'd be hard to do. But it's like when you see the shots of him, it's literally just the kid on set. That's it. And you see the shot in the movie with the monkeys and the the, the temple they're right. in and the backgrounds and everything <clears throat> blows me away. It was amazing. So Favreau has announced that the same technology used in that movie and the same processes are going to be used for this Star Wars TV show. 
that makes me crazy excited because it really hasn't been given enough credit that this movie had some of the best special effects I've seen in years. You know, I'd like to go one step further and just kind of point out, too, we wouldn't be there with the technology right now, honestly, without George Lucas having moved exactly. this entire industry forward. So what's to say we don't use the Star Wars TV show now to move the TV industry forward? I'm amazed we haven't done that yet. You know, I mean, not that the TV shows are bad right now, but imagine if now Star Wars-type technology steps into the TV realm, it's going to push everybody that much further forward, that much quicker. Yeah. Uh, you know, I could totally see composites being done literally on the set like like you'd be filming They've, and have you, could, you seen those demos they're starting the live, to be able to yeah they're starting to be able live to rendering. see live rendering but i mean can you imagine if you see a final product right there you know what i mean like if they've already got most of the background and stuff figured out well have you like, seen the virtual directing they do where the yeah. director puts on a virtual headset and steps out into the virtual yeah. set yeah so he can kind of direct people or decide camera angles like he's have walking you, around there was it. a video on youtube and I, I should pull it up for you guys not only can he do that he can manipulate the set so he can move buildings side to side. He can move backgrounds, trees, all this kind of stuff. And I was just like, that is phenomenal. Like Directors are going to be literally God-like. like, Yeah, I mean, like, soon they'll be able to be like, I want a building there, stretch it out. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to be almost like, I've been saying it's like, uh, what was the movie with Tom Cruise where he could... Uh, Minority Report. Minority Report, but like for film sets. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, that would be a phenomenal idea to have a Minority Report type film set. Mm-hmm. But it looks like we're moving in that direction, as weird as this world is. I mean, yeah. that... I mean, that's going to be phenomenal to think about that, that you could do that at any given time. But, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you. The the technology is kind of cool. I mean, Gary, is that something – like, I know you're not a huge, like, tech geek, but would that – do you think that's a good idea, bringing all this tech into a Star Wars film like their show like this to kind of up it, you know, bring, bring the quality up? Well, it would be just like the when Phantom Menace came out with all the CGI that they had in it and everything. Right. It's – as long as it looks real, it'll be okay. But if it doesn't... And I think that's the only drawback Phantom Menace had. For everybody right. who ripped on the movie, I actually understand why they ripped on it partially. Because it's, it, 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 it felt, is... It felt ethereal. It yeah. didn't all feel like and it had... And it's dated, weight. let's face it. it oh, yeah. At the time, it was amazing tech. But now, as we look back at it, it's not spectacular tech. Right. I mean, it's held up kind of over time. But it is obvious that it's that it's CG now. Uh, just like Lord of the Rings, I hate to say it as much as I love Lord yeah. of the Rings, when you look back on it now, a lot of the bigger battles you can tell uh, were definitely CGI'd through. You know, it's <clears> too <throat> bad you can see the cut shots, the composites, and all the weird things they had they had to do to make it work. And, and, uh, and what gets me is A New Hope. You watch that movie now, it still looks real. It, yeah, but that's because almost little to no CG was used in that. It, exactly. And that's where, models. And I was yeah. just about to say, that's where the modeling does have an advantage over uh, all this tech, right? Because, like, 20 years from now, like, well, I'll go even further. 150 years from now, Clone Wars is going to look old. I mean, like, it's going to look very old as far as its tech. But as weird as it sounds, I think 200 years from now, A New Hope may still hold its place as far as like the where it is i mean for some reason the models the puppetry all that kind of stuff holds up over time yeah and so that's where i worry about hollywood getting a little too far into the the tech part and of i it, you know? i have that fear too but i i'll tell you right now for those out there listening and for you guys <laughs> see jungle book yeah if you don't walk out of that and you can't tell me that honestly for large parts of it you completely forgot you were watching digital and thought you were watching real right 
I'll be surprised if you can't tell me that. It really does immerse you in. And one thing I give them credit for in that movie that I've never liked that Hollywood has done is, like, they used to, like, and they still do it quite often when they do CGI animals. They'll take the face of the person talking and put that face onto the animal. And I've never liked that because right. that's a human face going onto an animal, and it's never going to look right. I don't care how much you, you know, anthropomorphize or whatever the heck it is, the face. <laughs> it's still going to look like, you know someone else's head on an animal and it just doesn't look right right i'm glad that in that movie they didn't do that they just let the animal be the animal yeah and, and, the, and the thing is the voices end up working really well for the most part right like bill murray plays baloo the bear okay and he's great right and you almost see bill murray in it but only because of the voice it's not because they changed right. the bear it looks like a bear but that's you, your imagination you, taking your imagination over makes the, the connection right the only voices i didn't like were i didn't like scarlett johansson necessarily mm-hmm. and so she played the snake and i know why because she's got this kind of rasp voice right. that they use and it was okay and i think there was one or two others that pulled me out a little bit for the most part it's, it's great it works fantastic and it's because they didn't do what you said they didn't fake people onto the animals right. they made real animals so, so the real question is, is is it a good idea to have a live-action Star Wars show? I guess that's the real <clears> question <throat> at this point. I think they're thinking of it much like CBS All Access thought of their first their new Star Trek show. It's going to be the show that sells their new streaming service, and everyone's yeah. going to have to get the streaming service because they want that show. Did that work for Star Trek, though? I'm still... There really isn't any data out there to say it worked, is no, there? not that I know of. And I mean... I know the season's over, right? The start first Star Trek the season. The first season's over. It's quiet. I, I remember there being a yeah. lot of news about it when it started. And then I remember people telling me it greatly increased in quality. They said it got to be a really good show. I watched the whole thing, and I got to tell you, by the end of it, I was just like, wow. But, they, I mean, phenomenal. but it doesn't seem to be We're not talking about buzz. it anymore. No, it doesn't right. seem like people are talking about it after the fact. Like, it seems like there should be more. Yeah, and I would expect it by now that CBS would have been announcing more information about another season or something. And I still think it all comes down to the fact that we have too much media. You might I mean, be right. You go back oversaturation. Oversaturation. Yeah. You go back to when the Next Generation was on. Yeah. And Picard got captured by the Borg, and that was oh, a yeah. cliffhanger. People talked about that all summer. Yeah. Because you didn't have tons of media right. constantly sucking up your time, making you forget the. Well, last you didn't thing you have watched. Marvel films and Star Wars films, and you know, like the market wasn't like saturated with just all this yeah. stuff. That's and that's why on. it's very hard to get people's attention. What do you think, Gary? I mean, is a live action show for Star Wars a good idea? I mean, this is a new thing. I mean, we've done a lot of cartoons, but live action is going to be a new step. I mean. We've talked about it for how many years? I mean, that's the really weird thing. I mean, <clears throat> this idea of a live action Star Wars show has been discussed for well since before Disney even bought Star Wars. But do you think do you think this is a good idea? I think it's a good idea, but I, I don't know what to think about it right now because I yeah. haven't seen nothing of it or heard about any characters or nothing. Right. So okay, seven years after the Battle of Endor, okay, where are they going to go with that? I get what you're saying. You no, know, they they really they're not going to bring Luke Skywalker in it. They're not going to bring uh, Princess Leia in it or anything. Like that. Yeah, I don't so. think you're going to see any of the major characters at all. To be honest with you, I think it's going to be outside of that. I th- and I think which stinks because it's the perfect time. But I don't know if they can realistically DH them. Right. Enough. Exactly. I think that's 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 one hassle. And I think the other hassle is, do you really want to be trying to deal with? You know what I mean with Luke and Han and all. I, I just think right. they're better off staying away from it. I don't know. I guess it just depends on what they focus on, right? I mean, like, what what do they go after? It'll be interesting to see how this plays out. But it's interesting that that news came out. 
if, if it's just going to be on Disney's uh, digital service, then I, I don't think it's... Yeah, you're going to have a good portion of people watching it, but I don't think you're going to get a... I'm not going to be watching it on the Disney. I'll be watching it over here. Yeah. I was going to say, you'll be at my house watching it. It's all okay. But the thing is, they didn't get, they're not getting mine and Eric's money. No, they'll get mine. So. <laughs> I'm a sucker like that. So let's talk about our next rumor. And this rumor is thanks to the Han Solo premiere pretty yes. much at this point. Because of, uh, a, uh, cause of photos yep, of a if, certain bearded gentleman walking down the red carpet. Okay, so let's just come out right now and say it if, if you weren't paying attention during it's the It's Gandalf. <laughs> it, it's from a certain point of view. <laughs> oh, boy. So it, it's, and, you ne- and you never know. There could be some shatter points involved in it. Oh, oh boy. boy. Oh, here we go. So Ewan McGregor was at the premiere of the Han Solo story film. Yeah, you know, I, I know a lot of people were like, oh, that's it. There's going to be an Obi-Wan Kenobi movie. And I was kind of like, come on, people. Like, Part of me wanted to say these actors like go to all of the premieres. Right? Was, like, any Christ- of them that was they Christian can go to. Hatenson there? Was uh, Natalie Portman there? Okay, so I got answers. Was answer. Samuel Jackson there? Actually, he was there. Was he? <laughs> yeah, he, no, was. he goes to everything. <laughs> he was going to say he's said everything. <laughs> but hey, uh, hey, my theory can still be there, though. What's that? That uh, oh, that Mace is still alive. Mace is not dead. This is what happens. <laughs> Obi Wan finds Mace Windu, <laughs> healing him in the desert. Right, right. Yeah, it's and, a buddy and, movie. It's a buddy Jedi movie. <laughs> exactly. It's a Bob Hope and Bing Crosby. It's, it's uh, uh, well, I was the two say of them that, crossing the desert. I was gonna say it's the Pulp Fiction of Tatooine. <laughs> but you know, so because you and McGregor was there, immediately everybody jumped on this idea. That there's going to be an Obi Wan Kenobi film just because he was on the red carpet. It goes farther than that, though. But it, there is something more, and we'll talk about that in a second. But my my big thing is this: I don't think he did any interviews. I think he just walked. Right, he just walked. Okay. I think. I mean, I, that's what I'm, it I'm like. pretty sure from what I've read. You know, again, I wasn't there, but from what I've read, he didn't say too much to the cameras. You know, now there were other people there. There, were, Daniel Logan was there. A couple. You know, like I said, there's other people. Okay. Yeah. They were there that I don't see jumping into a film anytime soon. Uh-oh, Eric's got an idea. I can see it in his head. Go ahead. What if he's the surprise? I get what you're saying. Now, he'd be too young because we know what Obi-Wan looks like at that age. Right. But what if they made him up? To look older? Just for a guest role. Maybe. As the near Alec Guinness age Obi-Wan. Hermit, yeah. Hermit. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's how they end a Han Solo story is him meeting up with Obi-Wan to take the... Well, no, here's the thing. They can't meet because can't he didn't, meet, he didn't, he didn't meet, recognize him. Right. Unless it changes the whole story and they they were working together. <laughs> uh, okay. Hey, now that would Chewy, be funny, Chewy, actually. He, how did he find Chewie in the thing? They've met before. They met, Chewie yeah. comes up to him saying, I need your services. Yeah. I mean, uh, that. wow, that would be kind of a weird <laughs> twist, but an interesting one that would be mm-hmm. kind of cool. But, okay, so and we'll get to that rumor in a minute. There's a rumor that's a huge twist, but we want to talk yeah, about sorry, the solo story sorry. in a minute. But I, I want to at least talk about the Ewan McGregor thing because uh, some information is kind of like leaked onto the internet, and this is all rumor. I want to say that right now. Someone this needs is to rumor. Wipe, someone needs to wipe that internet up. But yeah, up. It's <laughs> right? Yeah, what the heck? Over. It's leaking everything. Uh, this is from fanthetracks.com, and they're claiming that they believe that the Kenobi film is now in full pre-production at Pinewood Studios in England, with ancillary work being carried out in Industrial Light and Magic in London. They've heard of concept artists, prop modelers, and storyboard artists are working as a team across two locations on the film, with the group growing in numbers every month. Contracts have also been extended to a number of crew who have worked on various Star Wars films produced at Pinewood under the Disney era to join the production when their work on Episode Nine ends. Which 
Have they even started production on episode one? Uh, scripts are done, as far as I know. So scripts are done. I know they're in the editing phase at this point, so I know there's a lot of work to do there. Yeah. But, I mean, look at how fast they're cranking these Star Wars films out. Well, so. here's the thing. It's not next Christmas, but the following. So they've right. got a year. They've got another year to year do and production. A half. Yeah. But Before I mean... Th- Think back to our days. I know. It would be when like it was four years half, between, four years we're like, oh, you know. They can like, produce them a lot. I mean, especially they if, if they're doing the special effects we talked about previously right. with almost real-time rendering, they can produce these a lot faster. Right. So they're saying pre-production for episode nine shoots from this summer through the end of the year. So this summer, they're supposed to start shooting. I didn't know it was that soon. Wait, does that, where does it say that? Uh, pre-production will continue at Pinewood, whilst episode nine shoots from this summer through oh, the end of the year. Oh, episode nine starts this. Oh, that you know, yeah. I did think I heard that they were starting in August or something on episode At nine. which point, the po- production <coughs> of the Obi-Wan movie has been scheduled to move into stages in mid-January of 2019, with the main shoot to begin in April. So, I mean, yeah, I guess they would have to be moving pretty along pretty fast. Um, have, has Disney... <sighs> Disney has not officially announced. They have an not Obi-Wan officially movie. confirmed, right? An Obi Wan movie. I'm not I mean, crazy I, about that. I correct? know that recently there was a post which showed they had shown all the titles, right, of their upcoming movies, and Actually, it did say something like Disney had shown a, a listing of all their movies coming out soon. And I, I thought there wasn't mentions of new Star Wars movies on there because people were noting it. They're like, "Where's all the, where's all the." Uh, the one shots. Right, the standalones. The, I know when they when Disney did it, they put <clears throat> episode nine out there. They confirmed that. But I know when it came to the Star Wars one shots, they confirmed nothing as far as that. Now, here's uh, this is the one. Yeah, that one I remember was, uh, I think that was faked, someone said. Right, that was, that was put online, <laughs> but everybody said that that probably isn't it. But you're right, they haven't updated in a while. So, you know, you might be right on this D23 thing. You know I think I mean? it's like, going to be their big, their big, they'll release everything. Yeah, I was going to say, that might be where they finally say, hey, we've been working on this Han Solo film, even though it's been kind of leaked at this point. Yeah. Supposedly the release date of the, Han, of the not Han Solo, the um, Kenobi. Kenobi film is December of 2020. Now, if this tracks, which actually it would make sense, they've been releasing one a year. Yep. Uh, it would make sense for Kenobi to be the next potential standalone. Because yeah, this year, um, well, this year we get, Last Jedi was officially 2017. Correct. 2018, even though it's only a few, you know, five months in, we're getting Solo. Han Solo. Then 2019 is episode nine, nine in, at Christmas, and then the Christmas after that would be Kenobi. The, right, the whole Han Solo film, which uh, would be interesting. I don't know. I, I, it would be interesting to see if they do this, if this, if this is a thing. Um, I think they. it's interesting if they do this, because to me you're almost giving your one shots a better shot at films than you are your actual films at this yeah. point. Because I think Obi-Wan Kenobi is a very famous character that everybody wants to see a movie about. <clears throat> Here's one. Of, this is one of the few things you can say about the prequels. No one faults Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi. No, I don't not know ever. Sing, I don't know not, a single person a single who's ever person said, say, ah, he was a bad Obi-Wan. Yeah. No, everyone loves him and thought Actually, he was great. Actually, they praise him for yes. doing what he did do because I think, honestly... <clears throat> For a lot of prequel haters, he was the only savior of the films. You put him in a solo movie, uh, and uh, not Han Solo, but in his own movie. <laughs> it's not the problem with Solo. You have huh? got people in the seats in 2020. As Holy this, crap. So I agree with you. Han, Obi-Wan Kenobi could hold up his own film for sure, maybe even a couple. Yes. I wouldn't be surprised if this leads to another one or two after it. You know what I mean? Like There could be all sorts of adventures on Tatooine that he gets into, and that's how Who's he earns the reputation. Who's to say he stayed on Tatooine? Right, but that's the other thing, too. He could go wherever and come back to Tatooine. Yeah. and Yeah. Uh, he could even act like an old hermit when Luke shows up and he's been doing all these adventures. On- be great. Wouldn't that be awesome, like, where he's traveled <laughs> he's all over the place? He's been traveling, doing something crazy, and then all of a sudden he throws on the robe and he's like, Ooh. Almost like Yoda, you know, like, oh, I'm tired. No. 
<laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah. Him and Sam Jackson in the road, road trips. You know, it'd be awesome. One arm Sam Jackson. <laughs> One arm Jack. Maybe Sam Jackson's the sand person that goes after Luke. Yeah. <laughs> that actually would be hysterical. <laughs> He's like, what? Right. <laughs> so anyway, I, I just throwing that out there. But you know. Mace Windu was dressed up as Walrus Man <laughs> in the bar. He didn't, have, and he, he knew. He's like, just put that arm out. It's fake. I'll take it off. I'll look really tough. And Mace did that. And then afterwards, you see Mace pull off the thing. He's like, I'm not doing any of this for you anymore, man. Come on. He's like, No, the kid thinks I'm really good now. We're, it worked great. And then Robot Chicken works in great too because Sam Jackson's like, Look, I can't even draw my architectural drawings anymore. <laughs> No, I, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to an Obi-Wan Kenobi film, and I'm not huge Obi-Wan Kenobi fan. But, I mean, I, I'd be willing, my goodness, if I'm willing to give Han Solo a film, <laughs> I'm willing to give Obi-Wan Kenobi a film yeah. at this point. Yeah. Well, I wasn't a big Obi-Wan fan until the prequels. Yeah. And, I like McGregor a lot. And I, I like McGregor a lot, exactly. I like McGregor a lot, but i got to say, I didn't mind him in A New Hope. Like, you, you didn't like Obi-Wan in A New Hope? No, it's not... There wasn't much enough of him for me to really I, like. Well, him I gotta about. admit, you you, you the, get the to know this old yeah. man, and all of a sudden he's dead, and it's like, what do you do with that? Yeah. So you know, it's like I, I I understand what you're saying there, and so you kind of get to this character, you want to love him, and then by the time you get to that point that you love this character, all of a sudden he's nothing. You know, yeah. he's dead, and it's it's gone, and it's over. But with. he came back a few times. He did. You saw him as a ghost. actually. I'm, I was kind of happy of the fact that they brought him back as a ghost. So. All right, but 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 the whole thing is he's just going to be in episode nine as a ghost. That's about it for <laughs> fifteen seconds. That's yeah. it. <laughs> okay, so, so our, if you go, go back to the pictures, then of the, we were talking about the the premiere. Well, we're going to get there. Next. Oh yeah, sorry. So our next topic, let's talk about the big thing that that's coming come out this past week, and that is the premiere of the Han Solo movie, the uh, Millennium Falcon. Parked story. in the middle of a street, <laughs> right? I mean, like, I, I'm I'm just still phenomenally surprised at this. They literally built a Millennium Falcon in the middle of what street is this? I don't even know. This is like it's right down. I think it's in front. I think it's front of the Chinese. Is that front Grom, of the Grauman's yeah, Chinese Grom's Theater? Chinese Theater, I think. Um, I mean, it's at least by the Disney Giardelli Chocolate uh, Workshop and, and area, TMZ. right? And TMZ, which is so <laughs> important. Right? Um, you know, we we were looking at some of the cast photos, and we were just kind of surprised. At some of the people that showed up. I mean, other yeah. than John Favreau, who, by the way, looks like he was heavily involved in this project, uh, which is interesting. Uh, George Lucas was there. Of course, Ron Howard and his brother were there. Um, his brother has not changed his look at all. Have you noticed that? Uh, well, in how many years now he, he still looks, looks the now same? Now he looks like a. a- well, like an old older Bill, version of old himself. Bilbo Baggins. Yeah, yeah, this is true. <laughs> well, I was, I was thinking of uh, President Adams. There. Yeah, actually, he does. <laughs> like he Adams. should do a President he Adams film. He looks yes, the part totally. <laughs> but then I'm sitting here and I'm like, how can you miss Chewie in his whole cast? The He's guy towers over seven, the entire seven, cast. Seven foot two. Right? Oh, oh that I was mean, Chewie. Like, I thought Chewie was in the red. <laughs> <laughs> I think seven foot two. Course, I know. He's talking about Donald Glover for those people not looking at the picture. Who's pretty scrunchy looking right now. Which I thought was awesome, dressed all in red, and so did. Yes, we uh, saw a picture with Lando Carizzi himself, yes. which is oh my god, well, Billy D. Billy D. Williams also dressed in a red uh, coat. Right, I thought that was neat. And I, like you pointed out in the back of the picture, we've got Han Solo looking, looking surprised, and he's between what? the two, like. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm I'm glad that that Billy D. showed up to yeah. support Donald Glover. 
Uh, I've heard that the two of them have gotten along very well. That's I guess cool. he and Donald Glover actually sat down <laughs> and had a lot of conversations. Yeah, and I guess Donald literally sat down with Billy D and said, "I want to do this justice. How did you like? How did you perceive?" Lando, and and in what way were you thinking of the character? And so he really seriously tried to do it credit. Now, Gary and I were at Greater Philadelphia Comic Con recently, and I got it. I got to give props to the guy who built and put together BB-8 and all that. And he said to us, because you know, I told him that we were worried about the Han Solo film. You know that that we had some concerns. You know that a lot of people had. And he says, "Listen, you got to give the film at least some." Give it some props. Give it some credit. He says it might surprise you. And he did point out that part of the film itself is going to be exploring how did Han Solo become Han Solo. So he kind of, I don't want to say he put away all of my fears, but he kind of confirmed some things that I was wondering, which is maybe the idea of this film is he's not going to be the cocky SOB that we knew him as, you know, as as Harrison Ford's version, but that he's going to grow into that by the end of the film. And I got the impression from him that maybe that's the story here that we're going to see that by the end of the film, that's the Han Solo you're going to get. And that you, yeah, he probably, he admitted Alden Alden Reich at the beginning does not feel like that. That by the end you go, that's Han Solo. That's the one I, I hope to see it. So I'm, I'm hoping that's, that he's right about that, that that's the way it's going to be. So we wanted to talk about a few things about what we've heard about the film. So first off, we have heard that there is a huge, 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 uh, reveal somewhere in the film. There's a surprise. Apparently. There's a surprise somewhere. Huge, some huge surprise. And so we've been speculating about what that surprise could be, uh, based on some things we've seen and heard, and, and maybe you're just speculating altogether. So speculation one, my speculation. Daniel Logan was at the premiere. We saw a picture of him walking the carpet. So I'm wondering if somewhere in the movie, Boba Fett shows up. And like I told you guys, it doesn't have to be anything big. He could just be there, walk through the picture. Uh, Eric, you suggested maybe what if he walks in and takes his helmet off and we or see has his hel- face. Or you know? has his helmet off and you don't realize what you're looking at first and then puts the helmet on. That, that could be too. You and you're like, like, oh, that's, oh, that's Bubba. Yeah, like, like it could be that kind of moment. Uh, we, Eric, you had said something that you thought might happen. Well, we had Ewan McGregor walk on the carpet. Right. Is it possible that, granted, he's not the right age because right. at this point, you're figure. Well, they don't really say exactly when this movie takes place. Don't they don't. And... Han Solo is, he's like easily in his 30s in, in A New Hope. He's hes older. You didn't get the sense he was like a teenager. Luke was a teen he, and he felt like the older he's guy. He's the only character we're never quite sure of I always age, guessed right? like, he was like late 20s I th- I kind of to 30. I always thought he assumed he was in maybe mid-20s, you know what I mean? Maybe okay, mid maybe. to young 20s, you know, but well, he maybe was, I'm wrong. He needed an age difference from Luke because he kept calling him kid. Yeah. So I need, he needed to feel, you know, a little older. I, I, was, I was thinking more like he's in his 40s, really. But I mean, oh, Harrison he, Ford was yeah. almost, he was like... Well, yeah, like himself, he was He in was 40s, in his 30s. Right? Yeah. I think he turned 40 when he was doing um, the second Indiana Jones movie. Oh, okay. I thought, I thought he right. turned 40 on that one or something. But he, so I think he was in, he was 30, I think, or so, okay. around. And I always assume that's about how old Han Solo is. So now let's backtrack this. If this is supposed to be Han at 21... Right. So we're nine years earlier. You get to de-age Obi-Wan about nine years, not a lot. But a little. Yeah. You age you and McGregor a bit in some makeup, you get him Could in a cameo be, yeah. as an old Obi-Wan. Yeah. Which would be an interesting take. Oh. I mean, it could be an interesting one. The other thing you can look at is the Millennium Falcon in Solo movie is in pristine shape. Yes. True. And it's in a, a junk pile. <laughs> right. By the time a new a new hope what comes a heap on. of garbage. <laughs> I know, really. You came in that. Okay, You're braver so, than I thought. 
So that's another way you can look at how old. Yeah, how much damage or how yeah. much. <laughs> I shouldn't say damage, but how much can the Millennium Falcon take over right. a better, yeah. what, about 10 years or so? Right. Uh, you know, which, but which, ships which, could get battered pretty quick. I mean, which also debunks the uh, uh, Easter egg in the Phantom Menace or uh, Clone Wars or whatever one it was. Well, that's right, because the Millennium Falcon shows up there, yeah. right? That so it was just, just another Corellian cruiser. I was going to say, right. it just makes it a YT-1300 right. cruiser, yeah. and it's not actually the Millennium Falcon itself, which, I mean, let's face it, there were hundreds of them, right? I mean, thousands of them. Well, as we, far don't, as we, we do. don't really know. Right. I have, I, I think I've told this story before, I have an old Star Wars poster that came out with the first movie that was a painted poster that you got through, like, detergent or something. It was a weird <laughs> crossover tie-in, but it was a painted poster of a fight above the Death Star, and in it are at least, like, six Millennium Falcons flying around. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, along, <laughs> with, along with a bunch of Y-Wings and X-Wings and stuff That like would have been cool. And I have that poster at home. That would have been cool. It's really a neat bit of history. You should take a picture of that and put that up on Facebook. I do. I have to, to I've, I've kept them all, like, really packed away to keep them safe. Like, yeah. they're, not, they're in my closet where they don't get light or anything right, until right. I can someday hang them up nice. But I think that one I've got in a frame to keep it flat. I'll have to pull it out and take a picture of it. Yeah, because I'd just be interested just, just to see it. I mean, because that'd be cool to see. Yeah, but I remember going through it going, wait, that's a Millennium Falcon. But there's a Millennium Falcon. But there's, <laughs> there's a Millennium Falcon. Falcon. That's not right. I well, do like the fact that they do explain the gap in the front of the Falcon, too, in this movie, in that it's a cargo freighter. Yeah. And we, I mean, we know it because if you read the books, they explain that there was not always the gap there. That's where the cargo would go. But I could never really picture that, and so I'm kind of glad we're seeing pictures of it now where we get a chance to see what it would look like while it was carrying cargo. Right. Yeah. Now, I like that. Now, another thing, too, uh, to go back to the Eric's poster he's got, the Millennium Falcon was actually the uh, Tenev 4. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. The, 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 that was what they were going to have, but then they changed it up later on. Why did they decide to do that? Do you know offhand? I don't know. Huh, interesting. The design aspect of yep. it, probably, I would think. They probably I love needed the fact, something a little more lighter. Yeah, I yeah. love the fact that, I think it was McQuarrie who said who was designing it with always, you know, very symmetrical, yeah. and then said he just decided to take that cockpit and shove it to the side. Yeah, because he didn't they, know what else they, to do with it. And they loved right? it. They were like, that's fantastic, yeah. you know, it yeah. worked. Yeah, initially, if I remember from the first couple of drawings he did, the cockpit was right there in the front mm-hmm. on that, like, like point. And it looked weird. Like, it, it just didn't feel... It almost looked like the Star Trek ship without the body underneath <laughs> it. Right? It was just the, sock, the saucer section. And I'm kind of glad they moved the cockpit to where they moved it. Uh, I also noticed, too, in in the the pictures we've seen, that the, the radar dish is a lot different than what it yeah. becomes later on. I'm just actually looking forward to seeing a pristine Falcon. Like, what would that look like? I've always wondered what the initial ship looked like without any damage without anything changed without anything altered what did that look like i'm kind of looking forward to that it only has me also has me worried slightly that maybe the falcon's the star of the movie you know what i mean like instead of han solo himself well uh, that's the main star that i liked in the force awakens (laughs) this is true you did like that was your your favorite thing uh what do you guys think about them building this millennium falcon in downtown la i mean like it pretty much took up the whole street it's crazy i mean they had to close the street down i mean the cost the cost i can't imagine the cost of this This and that's why i said why aren't they bringing me out to do a giant mural because (laughs) if they can afford to do this and close the street they can pay me a little bit of money to come out there and do a cool piece of star wars art for the movie come on yeah you could have been right in front of it yep yeah total plenty of room to the the whole movie poster right there in front of it right on the right on the street i mean yeah Totally. <laughs> so who else is in this uh, big? Pretty much everybody from the cast. Oh, yep. yeah. Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson's there, yep. It looks like the girl from uh, Westworld. Yes, that is. That's yeah. who it is. Yep. Uh, is she the robot? 
Yes. Okay. Yep, she's the robot in Westworld that breaks out of Westworld. No, no, no. No, the the robot. In... I think she's the voice of the robot. Right. In this movie. Oh, oh in the movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah, she's the voice of the, the robot. The one who's Sorry. like, I'm so glad we took this job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, she's the voice of the actual robot. Yep. And uh, Donald Glover's in the shot. Favreau's in the shot. Uh, Aaron Reich's in the shot, but you don't notice him too much because he's got his head turned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I noticed that too. Aaron Ehrenreich is in the shot, but he's, he's turned away. And and we see Khaleesi, who's the actress. Uh, Emil Clark. Thank you, Emil Clark. I was trying to remember. Um, uh, Paul Bettany. Paul Bettany's there. Who's so. pretty, Paul Bettany's pretty tall. Yeah, I think he's, I think he he's like six five. Or taller six, than six. I thought he would be, to yeah. be honest with you. So you know, I, I'm. Are you guys getting more excited now? Now that we're getting a little more information, oh, I'm ready. I'm gonna go see it. I'm. I'm. I want to see it and see what it's like. And should yeah, we try I'll to see it, it together? I'll give it a chance. We should try to see it together if we can. I would, yeah, I think yeah. that's something we should do. We should make a point of seeing this together. Fans, what do you think? Should we review the movie together? I think that's something. How we about we do. review it live? We'll just bring some recorders and we'll talk through the whole thing. <laughs> if I could rent a movie out, like a whole theater, and do that, I would totally be into that. I would dig that. Still, my favorite movie of all time ever going to see, and I, I, I just as a quick aside, Ian and I went to go see Iron Man at a, a matinee not too long, maybe a week after it came out no one was in the theater because it was like a Wednesday matinee. I took yeah. a day off of work and I was like, let's just go. Because Ian was, you know, he's like, I want to go do something. I'm like, let's go see a movie. So we we went. There was nobody in the... I loved it. We sat there and talked through the whole thing, laughed. You know, you didn't have to feel guilty about anybody being around you. You know what I mean? Actually, it was funny because we were goofing <laughs> around. And of course, this is a time when people were still in the booths, right? And, and we were making jokes about the one Iron Man plot point and like some of the things that were missing and the guys in the booth were laughing at ian and i which i thought was funny you can hear them you know like actually laughing and one of the guys go that's funny <laughs> you can hear him from the booth well one of the best experiences i ever had was a friend of mine worked a second run movie theater okay and was allowed after the last movie closed out we'd to get watch there at again. midnight we yeah. could string up any movie we wanted that they had right and we would all sit in the theater and we'd watch a movie now granted we didn't get out there till three in the morning right but we'd start a movie at like twelve thirty, and we would awesome. watch We'd watch movies, and we did it almost every weekend for like a year. I saw right. a ton of movies in the second round theater by going there and doing that. It, and we we could, if it was a horrible movie, it turned into a live mystery science theater. We <laughs> right. shouted out jokes as much as trying to make everybody laugh, and we enjoyed those movies just as much. Yeah, no, I agree with you. It's it's why I built my whole home theater room. I mean, to me, that's the whole reason I have it, is so I can be a goofball if I totally want to be when I'm watching my movies. Okay, so there's our thoughts on the Star Wars live-action TV show, our thoughts of the CGI breakdown and all that. Uh, we talked a little bit about the rumor mill about the Obi-Wan Kenobi film and, of course, the premiere of the Han Solo Star Wars film. Before we move on real quick, just something I wanted to point out. Did you guys notice that Solo is taking advantage of the Solo film? Yes. They actually have Han Solo Solo Red Cup. Yeah, 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 I hear about that. And I was just like, I almost want to buy a pack <laughs> just to say, look, I've got a Solo Cup. <laughs> That's what they're counting That's on. That's what they're counting they're on. They're counting on an there. immense boost of a bunch of people who don't normally buy their cups to go <laughs> out and go buy out their cups say, I've got a to solo say they've cup, got them. Which actually is kind of funny. I just thought yeah. that was hysterical. So we'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Head over to our website, thegalaxycast.com. Head to Twitter, head to Facebook. Find us everywhere uh, as much as you can. I'm going to start trying to open up some more social media soon. So go out there, find the GalaxyCast, uh, and let us know what you think about these things that we've talked about. We're going to return in just a little bit with Star Wars Rebels. I believe we're going to be watching the last two episodes of Star Wars Rebels right after the break. It comes to an end. <laughs> Look, what's that ahead? Are those asteroids? No, they're commercials. We'll be right back. That's it. 
there is nothing new under the sun. But under the small green fourth moon of Yavin, there is quite a different story. <laughs> Director George Lucas and 20th Century Fox present Star Wars. Luke Skywalker is on a daring mission to rescue a beautiful princess, and all he needs is a little help from his friends. Han Solo, space pirate, and Chewie, his giant Wookiee, C-3PO, human relations cyborg, and his counterpart R2-D2, and the mysterious Jedi Knight. Never before in the history of movies has so much time and technology been spent just for fun. Star Wars. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. It is imperative that we clear this large and growing area of infection before it causes any more damage and pain to the patient. In order to accomplish this, we must find a way to maneuver down the root canal opening, around the first curve where the canal narrows, and then around the second curve where the canal is microscopic in size. Only after doing this can we reach the main areas of infection and adequately treat the tooth. That's impossible, even for a computer. It's not impossible. You may not be able to do it with your old-fashioned drills and root canal files, but I can do it with pips. Lasers aren't just for X-wings anymore. With my pips machine, I can navigate the curves in that canal as easily as I used to bullseye womp rats back home. Plus, it's gentler, more precise, and far more efficient than traditional procedures. Then man your pips, and may the force be with you. Doctor, you've put away your traditional instruments. What's wrong? Nothing's wrong. I just don't need them. Instead of scraping around inside the root, lasers gently clean out the canal with pulses of light. You said it, Han. Thanks to Pips, root canal treatments are easier and more efficient than ever before. No more need to fear root canal treatment. Laser dentistry is faster, less invasive, and much more comfortable than with traditional drills and files. Look at how well it fixed this insurmountable problem from the dark side. You all may have the force, but I have pips. So dental patients everywhere can spend a lot less time worrying and a lot more time celebrating. This is not the celebration I was expecting.
Get Darth Vader right where you want him on Kenner's new Star Wars Return of the Jedi poster with the exciting Star Wars trivia game on the back. The Imperial forces are challenging you to match the names and faces of all the characters from Return of the Jedi, like Luke Skywalker and Bib Fortuna. And it's all free. Look for these details at participating stores or send two proofs of purchase from any Star Wars action figures to this address and beat the Empire at their own game. Do you own a business or a podcast? Are you looking for ways to expand the audience you reach? Then Star Productions could help you. Southern Tier Audio Recording Productions started off as a homegrown audio recording company, offering professional recordings for aspiring musicians. It is now a multifunctional business, offering DJ services, recording, and advertising services to those who own businesses and podcasts. Email us at galaxycast at gmail.com with the subject advertising if you are interested. We look forward to creating a professional commercial for you that can be used in this podcast or even at your local radio station. Many have exclaimed that our services are out of this world. Thank you for your patience during our galactic promotions. And now we return to the Galaxy Cast. Hey, Galaxy Cast fans, welcome back to this episode of the Galaxy Cast as we review the last two episodes of season four of Star Wars Rebels and actually the last episodes of Star Wars Rebels overall. That would have been episodes 14 and 15 of season four, titled A Fool's Hope and Family Reunion and Farewell, which was a 60-minute episode, which I think was intended to be two put into one. So overall, what did you think, Erica? You were Gary and I, this is our second time watching it. I was kind of curious as to what your thoughts were first time watching this through these last two episodes. And I, I'm, I'm lumping them together because, quite honestly, they're all one big old story arc. You yeah. can kind of lead one right into yeah. the other anyway, and that's pretty much how Disney put it out there anyhow. So any any thoughts on, on this episode, these last two, as you watch them? Clearly, well, maybe not clearly, but to me, it looked like... They rushed the ending because they were told they're coming to an end. So stuff they planned on maybe spreading over at least one more season kind of all had to happen now. I got that feeling anyway. Mm -hmm. The blocking was atrocious. Uh, That's absolutely... I mean... It's why I'm asking you first, by the way. The problem is that they set all these final... We'll call it two episodes, but it's three half-hour episodes. But these final two episodes were completely based around a series of fight scenes and increasing battles and, mm-hmm. you know, f- fighting on a platform and fighting in dogfights and flying around and then getting into the base and fighting in the base and fighting in the generator room and fighting on the bridge and, you know, a lot of, lot of fight scenes. And in every single one of them, people are standing five feet away from each other, firing Sometimes away. Sometimes less. <laughs> yeah, it's... I mean, it's like they basically, they gave up a long time ago on creating realistic battle sequences. (laughs) And they're really just positioning people like their chess pieces on a board inches away from each other and firing away. And that ruined a lot for me because in terms of the story they told, at least, it had more energy than a lot of what I've seen. 
this past season. It, yeah. it, it at least was, and it was going somewhere. See, that's the thing is, I almost feel like when they're told, when they're not given a deadline, they stretch their stories out. It it becomes really long, and not a lot happens each episode, and it, and then they're told they're coming to an end, and they tell a lot of story. And I feel like this is how all the episodes should be in terms of story. Stuff should happen, right. and things should change and move around, and whatever. So, in terms of at least telling a story, granted, I don't think they had the great... These weren't genius plans. No. <laughs> it all did hinge upon Ezra having a vision, and he kind of used the time stone in a way and figured out what the one <laughs> option was that they could survive with. He, he, I mean, and then they called in the eagles to fly down and rescue them uh, and take care of the one ring. It's like... There was a lot of. <laughs> there was a lot I think of. He just referenced every geek thing ever, and it all ties in. Unfortunately, it all does. yeah. I mean, we that's those are the kind of crutches the story braced itself on. He knew what was going to happen, or at least what one option was, so he knew the answers to do. They called upon something from two seasons ago that we always knew was around, but why have they never used it before? You know, right. why wait till now? It just felt as all of Rebels has felt to me, incomplete, rushed, not planned out well in terms of the physicality of it. And then all of a sudden we get these MacGuffins that kind of solve things for us, you know. Um, the wolves always show up to rescue people and take care of the fights. Um, and de- de- ki- through, I don't even know how many... Stormtroopers, they ended up throwing off that cliff face and the, the walking, you know, when they're there. I mean, they kept going. They did. I was like, there yeah. weren't that many Stormtroopers on there. That right. they were throwing. It's like they kept going. I think a couple of them, they threw them off and they climbed back up. They did. And they threw them off again. again. Yeah. Do it again. It was fun. <laughs> do me. Do me. So to me, there were, there were elements I liked. There were things that were interesting, you know. All of it was ruined by visual planning of it the visuals themselves were kind of i mean like the ending scene when the space whales show up yeah were visually impressive in terms of just rendering and stuff they looked kind of big and i like that they added this kind of haze to it and that you know one thing this show never has is an atmospheric effect you don't feel like there's atmosphere dust clouds very little you know it's always very clean and clear right and they didn't really do that in the final scene there was like silhouettes with the sun coming from behind them and it felt more epic and i'm thinking there's some artisticness to these shots that they don't do in the most of their shots. And I liked that. It did seem, it was, I mean, it felt kind of epic in a way, but at the same point, it's the same way I felt about in The Last Jedi using hyperspace to fire through Snoke's ship. Right. It's cool when you see it and you kind of sit there stunned and you're impressed by the visual and it feels epic. Then when you think about it, you're like, why haven't they been doing that all along? Why, why? Should that work? Why didn't they do that to the Death Star and right. just fly through? You start having all those questions, you know? And you have the same ones with this. Why didn't they call in the space whales earlier? Why didn't they this, that? So it was good in some ways in terms of they were trying, but I think the trying was more forced by the having to wrap up. And I feel like if they were given another season, this would have dragged. It would have not, they wouldn't have solved right. things. They would have thrown some more dangling plot lines and some more mystery behind the paintings and the temple and this and that. And they, you know, they love to have these, well, we're going to hint at big things, but we're never going to tell you. That storytelling works in some mediums. In some mediums, hinting at something without showing everything, especially horror, is a great thing. You, like in The Mist, 
when you hint at the fact that there's big things out there, but you don't ever don't see them, are, yeah. you don't need to know because that's the horror of it and that's the scary part. But in space opera, you're showing them – the point is you're showing. It's an operatic, big event, epic thing. And they seem to love their little dangling storylines and hints and whatevers. So I don't I don't like that and I always feel like that's – it's kind of like the lost method of storytelling. It's always, well – Imagine there's all this really cool stuff going on. You just don't get it yet. And it seems like this show took that approach a lot. And still, even as it ends, it takes that approach a little. I will admit, seeing the last three minutes yeah. was some of my favorite part of the episode. So that's – some of the the minutes, the last two or three minutes, to me, was the most fascinating stuff. Because it all took place after Return of the Jedi. Right. And – I think the shot of Ahsoka in the robe and um, with the staff, with the staff, and Sabine That's walking me. towards her, and they're going to go off on an adventure. Hints at a great story. I'd like to see. Finally, tell me a story that doesn't take place. Tell me a story in this new time period. Go ahead. Yeah. It's there. It's thirty years primed. You know. You told me the canon books don't count. Or the all the extended universe doesn't count, so I'll ignore that. And you've made some new books that have touched on it, but they don't tell a whole lot. That looks interesting to me, and I want that. I want to see that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, I guess I'm just getting bored with being told more stories during these times we already kind of know. Right. And maybe that's why I've had trouble getting excited about Solo and those other movies is because it's like, well, I know what happens. I know this character. Stop telling me backstory. Right, because you know, I know the backstory already. Or I don't want to know backstory. Han Solo was right. good the way he was. You right. know, you got it. You understood the character. You've got this prime area. Tell me new stuff. But anyway, so the episode was a whole lot of bad action. Some okay plot points that I wanted to enjoy. I don't like that they hint – I don't know if he's dead, but they hint that Thrawn got killed, you know, along with Ezra. And I'm mm-hmm. like, but that ruins it because Thrawn was around after Return, Return of the well, Jedi. He took over. He should be the one who starts up the First Order, blah, blah, blah. You know, that's – he's primed to do that. He should be like the grandfather of the has, First Order. Has – I mean, again, right? That was part of the the, the Zahn series, right? I, I My assumption now is that's all out the door. It is. That's what I'm assuming, so too. Maybe, so they, maybe I mean, Thrawn didn't start the First Order. Right, you know I mean? but and I still think that... I don't like that ending. I don't think I the that. ending of this series should be Thrawn getting killed because it doesn't seem to fit with the mentality. I know, it's not the Thrawn from the books. I know right. they, they're telling me it's right. not uh, that Thrawn. That's all I was pointing out, yeah. But, so anyway... What, 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 what I see this thing whole opens right up to is the start of Snoke. Because he's the supposedly he's the great evil that's outside of the known space, right? And outer realm, outer realms, and all that, or outer rim, or whatever you want to call it. The emperor already felt that presence. Mm-hmm. It was actually scared of the presence, and that's why he was designing the Death Stars and See, stuff to go against that. I, I was kind of and like, s- and Snoke ended up being someone who just got lanced through a lightsaber, cut in half, and gone. Right. It, See, but that's what I'm saying. It's, it's what it all comes down to that that whole thing. I, I, where I was, these people are not talking to each other. They're not making. As a we grand were talking plan. about the Favreau thing at the beginning, I was sitting here thinking, you know, actually, Favreau's live action series could play into this because 
let's say Thrawn survives. So you you hyperspace him out into the middle of nowhere, right? And a ship that has no windows. Right. Go and a ship that has no windows, but we come on, Princess Leia, Mary Poppined it, right? Okay. Which I didn't like. I know. And I'm just I'm just putting this out there. I'm just I'm not saying it's gonna happen. And, I, <laughs> and she I, had force abilities. Thrawn right. doesn't have any force right. abilities. I get I get what you're saying. But I'm well, like what you forget to see is the, the ray shields and the and Right, there you go. They're they're up. Right. Yeah. 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 You didn't it is <laughs> just because they didn't mention the ray shields don't mean it the character. Yeah. I'm just yeah. proposing this idea. Mm-hmm. What if Thrawn's alive out in space? He's the one that starts to build the First Order, finds Snoke. Snoke's is the the symbiote character, and they could potentially kind of use that story arc a little. I'm not saying that all of it has to come back, but what if Snoke is the symbiote, whatever you call the character's name, role? Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. And kind of the mad Titan, mad Jedi role which you could kind of see that out of Snoke. He's not a full-on Sith. He's not, you know what I mean? Seabeth always kind of got the impression he didn't have all that power. You know what I mean? And he only had he only could use it every once in a while. I almost got that out of Snoke at times. So well, I wonder if that's their replacement, you know? Well, that's what I liked about the, 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 the Plagueis book was he, they determined that it was impossible for a force wielder to be cloned and have the full abilities, full abilities of, right. of, of the Force. And that's what I, one thing I did like about that. Right. In the Thrawn book, Thrawn actually sent one of his underlings mm-hmm. to his own people to help look for this new evil or whatever it is that's out there. Okay. So, so I mean, it, it so could maybe, line up. I mean, it, Exactly. Yeah. It, it could, but I'm not holding my... I know. My hand on my ass. And, and well, and it, it goes back to what I Eric... I hope you're not. That'd be <laughs> yeah. a really odd Ew. position. Yeah, don't smell that. Um, <laughs> you know, at the same time, too, but I also... In Eric's boat, where it's like, if he's in a ship with the windows down... You know what I mean? Like, but, okay. please, please don't marry Poppins. This is, thing, this, is me, this is me writing, like I always do, fixing a story. <laughs> so here's your new story. Cut to... Ship comes flying in from hyperspace comes to a stop it's damaged floating at an angle pieces floating everywhere clearly though ray shields covering the windows a dead one of the space whales floating next to it half its tentacles cut off Mm -hmm. cut to inside the cabin tentacles lying on the ground they've been sliced an unconscious thrawn slammed against the wall everything's devastated an unconscious ezra awakes goes escapes from the thing doesn't realize that thrawn's not dead doesn't see him whatever has to try to save himself takes an escape pod whatever thrawn awakes and a derelict, damaged, but floating ship. Mm-hmm. You can save them, and it would totally logically make sense, and you could do a visual, and it would work. Sure. There's the start of your new series. The character's out in space, and it's after return. They're not going to be found for decades, so what ha- you know, or 10 years, whatever. So and, what happens to And them? your story could be about, not just about Thrawn himself building the First Order, but about Ezra being found, a resurgence of the Rebellion. Yeah, what becomes of him. Right, you know, so maybe Ahsoka helps lead the Rebellion back into existence, yeah. and maybe... You know, I mean, how many? Because fans... now, what is the the next the next animated series is called Resistance. Resistance, and it does take place. But the problem is, it doesn't take place right after right. Return of the Jedi. It That's takes what I'm place... saying. The live action series. The live action. So yeah, sense. we've got the two. We got two series coming out. One which takes place seven years after Return of the Jedi. That's right. a live action. One that's animated that takes place. I think they said four years before, before Force Awakens. Force Awakens. So that's so there be were about... somewhere between the two. You know what I mean? Like I, you get what I'm saying, right? Like it. Okay. But the live action not, to me would of, make none more of them sense. Are, none of them are talking to each other. No. I do um. not have the faith that any of these people are talking to each other right now. <laughs> After hearing how, with the major, the big tentpole movies, 
aren't talking to each other. Are not talking to yeah. each other. That blows my mind. Yeah. Did, did you guys not catch the, the Ahsoka and Sabine are going looking for Ezra? Well, that, that's, no, that's what I was. That's what he was saying. That's, that's what I was saying. What if that's starts. the beginning of the no. new rebellion? Right? No, like that's, that, the that's, what, that's what they said in that. Uh, but will we ever hear that story? Probably not. No. And will they? Maybe they'll cover it in a comic book somewhere, and you'll be like, "Well, go read the comic book if you want to find out what yeah. happened." Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. It's it's. I guess it's the thing. Like after four years, right, of watching this show, we're all kind of like. I mean, I walked away going, "That's it." Like, I mean, like that was kind of my reaction when I first watched it. Was like. I can't believe they couldn't come up with something more than that. Like, and and even the last two minutes, I was disappointed. And I, I know, you know, like, hey, are you, we need to wrap up. We get Return of the Jedi. Well, no, all of a sudden was, we've got, I, I assume that's Kanan's baby? Yeah. Yes. When did they ever have time to do it? Well, remember, she's told him she was pregnant. When? When? She Didn't she tell him just before he died? No. No, I don't remember this line. What I know they said, about? I love you. Yeah, that's that was it. it. Was that it? She didn't okay. go, I love you. I'm having your baby. That, that didn't I thought happen. she said she was pregnant, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't remember that. I don't remember that at all. <laughs> if, I mean, maybe, if we were not remembering it, then we're blocking major parts of the show out. But I would have thought I would have <laughs> Well, then up maybe on it's that. not his baby. But then she said, we all know what his father was like. Well, who's his father then? If that's what you're gonna, if you're gonna drop that line, Rex. Was, I was gonna say, was it Rex? Because <laughs> that's the first impression I got. <laughs> I was gonna say Fives, the one that went crazy, right? Isn't that the crazy one? That the, no, fives died. Fives died. That's right. Well, who's the one who's like semi-crazy there? The you know which oh, one? Oh, Gre- Gregor. Gregor, Gregor just yeah. died too. He died too. <laughs> what I'm saying is, like, I think maybe, they're implying. Maybe it's Gregor. <laughs> I think they're implying that the two of them had a night together or something, and here comes a kid. But it's like. You never even told wow, us. Wow, you're going to drop us that yeah. in like the half second of the last series, and that's what you're going to well, get. Well, I us? just made the epiphany that I had said tonight. If it is Kanan's kid, he might have some force ability. Yeah, I mean, that's a new Jedi. That, now, th- that's a big deal. The, the, the problem I got with, the, with that being her kid and everything, and yeah. I guess you're going to call me racist on this or whatever, but. Didn't look anything like. Didn't look like her either species. one of them. Right. Well, no, it was totally human-looking, Yeah, which means it could have been Kanan, but it had nothing to do with her species. And the only, only thing he got was green hair. Oh, did he? Yeah, he had, yeah, he had green hair. hair. Yeah. yeah. No, that was it? Yeah, I agree. Maybe, like, they, maybe they don't develop their head tentacles until they're teens. It's like puberty. <laughs> I don't know. No, it just, it, it just don't make any sense. No, because... Uh, part, part of me wanted to either give him the tentacles or, like, make his green... Skin. His skin, his skin yeah. is partially he been, green. He should have been something. human with green skin. Right. You got the two... You got the double look. You would have had the double look, right? It just didn't feel like, you know, it, like it had that But here's the thing. It. If we're ever going to cast that character and do it in a TV show or something, it's got to right. be someone we can cast without a ton of makeup and... Right, so now you just put some green uh, hair in, and you're good. So, it, there's so many things in this episode, these past two, that I was just kind of like, like, what do you do with half this stuff? Like, the wolves. What did you guys think about the wolves in these they last the two e- episodes? They, were, they and the Space Whales were both the eagles from Lord of the Rings. Right? Like they just showed up when they were needed. It right. wasn't... Yeah, the, si- like, the sonic screwdriver. And part of me is sitting here saying... Were they blaster proof? Or did I miss something there? <laughs> right? Like, why yeah. did none of the, the stormtroopers even blast them? I mean, even if... Okay. So I get that they can't aim to save their soul. But if there's 40 stormtroopers and they all aim at a, at a wolf... They're going to hit it. One of them's bound Didn't to hit one it. one of them, like, get hurt for a second and shake its head and then come back? Yeah. Well, yeah like, it right. got hit in the head and it went... Blah, blah, and kind of yeah. shook it off. So I think... Yeah, they're Are impl- they blaster proof? I mean... Well, they're- if they're that dang good, then let's freaking repopulate these things and ride, get them everywhere, right? Ride like, the wolves into battle, because they're going to be your best bet. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, they're better than Banthas, for crying out loud. I mean, I just... I... I uh, 
See, and, and then there were moments I had told you guys. I've never liked the wolves because they never felt like they fit into me. They the, felt like they're the sonic screwdriver. They wanted to get mystical. Universe. Great, they wanted to get mystical. Let's start bringing this up this season. Oh, this is our last season. Yeah. Well, well, we're still going to go. go with it. We'll put it out there. I really still think Rook's but the best way they could have taken Rook out. I still think was when the wolf was attacking the ship. If he somehow figured out a way, I told Gary about this tonight into the ship, and so like almost like aliens, <laughs> right? You know, up. Rook like turns around. There's a wolf, and it goes and like. Grabs him and splits him in half. I didn't but, mind Rook getting fried. I mean, it was okay. It was okay, but I just, I don't know. I, I mean, it did give a good. But when, here's the thing: when did Zeb grab his calm so he could talk to Thrawn? Well, that's we don't. Yeah, we don't entirely. see that part at all. At all. Like that whole scene too on the platform. And why? The, why the would blocking he? and spacing was <laughs> awful. Why would he be like, "Hey, I'm going to hold on to his calm in case someone calls him"? Because <laughs> I got this great line I can use. Yeah, is Thrawn going to call you? Is he? Is, is, <laughs> well, the, the, the other thing that got me was uh, Gregor's a veteran of the Clone Wars. Right. And they shot a couple of uh, you know, gunners or whatever they want to call them. And nothing, they, they're not keeping an eye on them to make sure that they're dead or whatever. They're right. To let them pick up a gun and shoot them. I, you know, that's what I... I know. I know they had to have someone die in that scene. I know. So I know the one out of all of this show that let's have some deaths. Gregor's. That's is that, it? That's yeah. that's what we're gonna do for the big ending. Well, like, Ezra and Thrawn, they want you to assume are dead. You know what I mean? They're going to look for Ezra. Right. Right. He's you, not. Yeah. You get what I'm saying, right? That's that's the assumption they want you to make. I I I, I didn't get that assumption at all. Is just that the the whales came in. Put a big ray shield over the ship, and then they use them as the, the hyperdrive. See, part of me wanted to say, yes, Ezra and Thrawn died, and the whole reason Ahsoka had to show up is she's going to take uh, Sabine. Sabine through that time warp hole again and Don't, go back and get I mean, Ezra that I way. I hate that. The whole time warp episode also bugged me. I'm just saying that it's we've now seen it, right? So it's out there so we could Doc Brown this I thing know, go back they're... to the future and go get <laughs> Ezra. Right? I mean, like, seriously, it, like, we have that option Ezra, now. we got to do something about your kids, Ezra. <laughs> go back to the future. It, yeah. it, Great, it, Scott. And now it's uh, <laughs> legitimizing distance force powers that, right. uh, that they used in The Last Jedi with uh, uh, Palpatine now. Right, exactly. This is, this is gone from being... A cool story about space knights who have some some cool abilities being the heroes fighting against these evil villains to mystical crap flying yes. left and right. Time and space are optional. And it's like, yeah. Wow. Good and bad are optional. That's the other part that has always bothered yeah. me lately about Star Wars because suddenly good and bad are um, – I, they're optional. They're they're grade. <laughs> I mean, does George Lucas ever? Is he? I, I mean, I know he's a busy guy. I'm sure he has plenty to do besides follow how these shows are doing. Yeah. But do you think he ever gets a, someone comes to him and says, "Let me just update you. You know, take a half hour here of everything that's going on." And at the end, he's just shaking his head, going, "What are they doing?" I think at this point, he if if he were smart, at least if I were him, I would completely disconnect from anything. Like I wouldn't even watch the shows. I wouldn't. I would, for the sole purpose, it it is your product that you created. You would get frustrated if you oh. knew everything that's going I on. I couldn't. So you'd, you'd I almost have to me, walk away. I don't right? care if like, they paid me four billion dollars. I'd be mad if I something I put my heart and soul into was. And that's what I'm saying. He almost has to disconnect on this because. But here he is looking at half walking the solo premiere. Well, that doesn't mean he's watching the movie. <laughs> but we talked about it could mean he's coming. Back. Well, I we have talked about the possibility that George Lucas. I mean, there's been hints that there's 
certain individuals, and I don't want to name names, but certain people are not popular within the Disney realm and who's handling the Star Wars stuff. And one of the reasons George isn't around is because of a certain individual. And if that person were to leave, George might come back and at least co-produce some of these movies. I, I George is almost needed right now. I hate to say that. Uh, this is his property, but I guess part of me also says if it is so far gone, I don't know if George would want to touch it at this point. You know what I mean? They, they've I, taken it so far out the realm. I think he would, he would just try to get things straightened out. Yeah? You think he would want to straighten them out? I, I think I think he would desperately want to try to straighten them out. I don't know. Some of, Part of me says we're so far beyond the pale of what George did that he might just well, look at that and go, "That I can't do that. That That's just crazy. Well, the rumor has it that J.J. is going to be retconning a lot of what happened in The Last Jedi. Oh, really? In the next movie? Yes. Huh. Well, and, and so this is... <laughs> you know, it would be a great way to do it. Is, you know, you, you think all that happened and then all of a sudden... You, uh, you're waking up on a table, and there's Kylo still trying to get into Ray's head, and the whole thing is messed with her, and she's just, you know, it's like, none of that. I, I was just about to say, what if they used the I mean, whole think time? About think about it, he, he was doing that to her head and said, right. I see an island. Right, yeah. The line's there. Right. You know, the whole thing. Well, part of me was sitting here saying, like, we set up in Rebels that you can travel through time <laughs> and space. What's to say they don't, don't you know, Doc Brown that part and go, ah, but we're going to go back through a wormhole and undo the whole thing. Well, no. I say leave time travel out of it because time travel. But I'm just saying, like, universe. you've opened up that door. You know <laughs> what? You, know what? Yes. you opened the target. But here's the thing. A smart, a smart person will avoid the temptation and not take that easy way out. They but will. we're talking about J.J. Abrams. I, I, here's the thing. I like J.J. I like a lot of what he's done. I think he misstepped on Force Awakens because I think the pressure was so intense that he was like, I got to play it safe enough that everyone's happy. And I think he, he tried to please everyone. Right. And by doing so, he remade A New Hope right. with new characters. And I, I still think, like I said, I think Kylo Ren, his look, the, invent, the first introduction of him being the son of Luke, or Leia and Han, right. there were great story elements in that first movie. But I didn't like it because there was no originality. It, apart from those, you set up all these original things and then you threw them into A New Hope. Right. So that was my big problem with Force Awakens. But it, it at least felt Star Wars-y, just too much. Right. My problem with Last Jedi was it ignored everything he set up that could have been you know, taken to be cool and said, I'm going to go really weird and far out and turn Luke into something that even Mark Hamill has said, that's not how I thought Luke would turn out. <laughs> right. you know? It's like it, it, it tried to be something drastically different and went way too far the other way. Um, and just to me, had some stupid ideas and stuff like that with great visuals. Don't get me wrong, but I, I really hope JJ's coming back and I'm going, okay, I've seen both sides of it. We get it right with nine. Right. And so I'm, I, I have hope. <laughs> so, can I point something out here? We're supposed to be talking about the end of Star Wars Rebels. And we're talking about everything else. We care so little about the end of Star Wars Rebels. We're talking about everything but. Yeah, like you're saying, you're reading everybody so emotional about the ending of this thing. It... Yeah, like I read all this stuff online and I was like, well, I better go watch this because I was right. afraid it was going to get spoiled, right? And I, I, I decided, well, I better go see this because it sounds like it's emotional. And then I watched it and I, I, I literally, like, my first reaction was, did I miss something? Like, I had to go watch it again, and I still didn't... 
And now this was the third time watching with you guys, and I still have zero emotional reaction to any of this. And I know a lot of people are going to put me over the, the bed and hit me for that, but I'm like, part of me... This is getting yeah, really got weird, right? weird fast. <laughs> I think you meant rake, get, rake you over the coals. I'm going to get raked over the coals. There you go. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't get it. They're tying me up and spanking me over this one. <laughs> <laughs> I got a story about that later. So ain't going to be me. <laughs> but but I, I don't get it. I don't get this emotional reaction everybody has yeah. like oh it was so i can't get I, over now, it i guess i mean some people <laughs> I, were with I it for four it. years and some people get more involved in this the, and, and i've had people tell me this this is a problem with being critical of things right you can't shut it off right every movie i go see i have to kind of start half of the fun of it to me <laughs> is to talk with that's, my friends that's my wife like yeah, she gets mad now like too. if i watch a movie and we come back home and i'm like i liked it but you know and i give this a little critical my wife, thing and then my she, wife's like just shut up yeah, i hate she, it. I, I hate it when you she do will that. say can't you just enjoy it <laughs> right, and i understand i get it too. i get the idea it's like yeah right. you can right and i so i try not to do it too much with certain people other people i know like to do it i'm like okay right. we'll get into it and talk about it there are very few movies anymore that whisk me away with the magic of movies yes like I used to when I was a kid. So it's going to be very hard for me to you know, to have this connection that other people get. And I'm, I, hey, I'm happy they got the connection. I'm, I'm glad they could. Right. But I, I expect more out of, I mean, every time there's people standing two feet from each other and there's seven here and nine here and they're all firing blasts at each other's and no one's being hit. Right. And no one's hiding behind a box and no, it, there's nothing, just nothing. Right. Stormtroopers aren't hiding behind something. They're standing in the open, just firing away, waiting to get shot. When you're doing all these stupid visuals, I can't. I'm sorry. My, my I guess that's my critical point. brain cannot block that off. I guess that's my point about this show. With all the noise on TV that's out there, and I'm talking about all the shows, all the options, the things that you have to watch, right? And I mean, like, there's some great cartoons out there. I'm gonna be honest. There are some great cartoons out there. Yes. I mean, and I'm talking about everything from comedy, like Archer, <laughs> I mean, to, like, serious cartoons. I mean, even Disney XD has put out some really great People have loved, cartoons. what was it, Avatar, The Last Airbender, and then it was it, Legend of Korra. Right. Are two that people rave about to this day. Even and said they were done well, even the action was done well. Even Marvel's Avengers, which started off as Earth's Mightiest Heroes and has gone into Marvel's Avengers, I've been watching it from the beginning. It is an amazing cartoon. I'm sorry, Disney does a spectacular job taking my comic books and putting them to life on a screen. And I'm like, how can that happen on the same channel that we put out Rebels? And the blocking in Avengers is amazing. And then you look at Rebels and you're like, what? how could you be in the same channel and have such two different realms of writing? And and I don't get it. I guess I just don't get it. I, I I, like I said, I wanted to love these characters. I wanted to love this show, but the whole time there was nothing that grabbed me and made me like yank me had, into that. I mean, let's face it, we gave some episodes eights, nines. We did. We, there, there were some that there I were liked. Some standout ones, but overall, the series has let me let me guys ebbed both far, of you far this more question. than it's flowed. <laughs> if we were to compare the two, what? Which was better, Rebels or Clone Wars? Clone Wars. Clone Wars. By by. Same by for me. Shot. Now, granted, by a long we shot. have to admit, Clone Wars had the benefit of being about Anakin and Obi Wan. Yep, it had a major story push to it. Correct. But overall, it was just made better. It was better. Just better written to me. Yes. It was more, you know, and somebody it, thought it through had the its writing. clunker periods too. It did. It droids the droids episode. I cannot bring that up enough. But even with its clunkers, I mean, overall, 
bigger story arc look, it was so much better. I mean, so much better written, so much yeah. better overall. And how about, I mean, here's something. In uh, Clone Wars, mm-hmm. Anakin was a Jedi. Obi-Wan was a Jedi. They always acted like Jedi. Right. In Rebels, wow, was Ezra powerful and Jediing all over the place in these last two episodes. But there are others where he barely he pulls out a gun and doesn't even right. use doesn't anything. Even use, doesn't force yeah. push him. Be consistent. What is he? You started off. I remember you started off. If it was the beginning of this season or the season before, with him flipping through sideways through a hallway and taking out a bunch of stormtroopers. And I thought it was it was during the age jump when he yep. the first episode we saw after he'd age jumped. Right. I'm like, dang, that's awesome. They're going to go in a good direction with this. And then he like barely two used episodes. It. He barely used any. And at times powers. he wouldn't touch it at all. So yeah. I'm like, is he or is he not a Jedi? Stick with it. Yeah. What about the whole him having connection to the animals in the early seasons and he brought up that big evil creature and he kind of was hinting at going to the dark side? Yeah. Dropped. What yep. about the holocron where he touched the The Sith holocron dropped. dropped. Yeah. It's like it's too many things where they set up interesting storylines that they could have made. It always got dropped to just kind of go back to status quo. What did you guys think of the role of Palpatine within this these final two episodes? That was the only other thing we hadn't talked about. I was kind of curious what you guys thought. Like thoughts on that? Well, I like the fact that uh, Ian, Ian McDermott did the voice. I am. I'm happy he did it too. Other than that, uh, they. I don't want to say they weakened him, but that's what it seemed, seemed like to me that they they made the emperor look more of a of a of a bully more than anything else. Right. Uh, a weak a weak bully. I was just about to say he didn't. To me, he didn't strike it as being powerful enough. Like. He's the emperor, right? Like, I almost wanted him to kind of mind screw him even more than he did. And I can't believe I'm saying that. But, like, play with his head. And and Palpatine didn't do enough of that. Right. He tried to manipulate the family ideal, sure. But, like, really manipulate that. You know what I mean? Like, and Palpatine, not enough to me, really pushed that over the edge. That could have been a big deal. And he decided not to do that. Um, and And... I was slightly confused. Is that a Jedi temple? Is that a Sith temple? That was a Jedi temple from Lothal. Was they, that the Lothal temple? Yeah, they brought it up. Okay. They stole it from the planet. Right. And that's the one that Ahsoka was supposed to be guarding or whatever, right? I don't know. See, that's where I'm confused again. I yeah. find it interesting that they can move the portal, too. They can take the whole portal stone by stone and put it up on their ship. Right. Yeah, well, that's the thing. How does that happen, It's too? not tied to the temple on the ground, and it, by disassembling it, you don't disassemble the portal? or I... Oh, that's... It's... And here's the thing. Something so, that's unique to that just just that one yeah, temple, I guess. Right. <laughs> I don't know. So what were your thoughts, Eric, about Palpatine? I mean he was fine. I'm again glad that he was played by Ian McDermott. Um you know, the voice is always good to have. He wa- he was I mean, interesting idea. I'm gonna I, I have to tempt Ezra to get into this thing because apparently right. Ezra can and I can't. I don't know the trick. Whereas you've kidnapped Ezra, why not just tie him to a table and electrocute him nonstop until he finally tells Definitely you? Because that's yeah. that's that's a typical Empire type move. Or if you're going to show him something, don't show him the happy. How about you show him the moment his parents were about to be killed? And right. Say you can save them. Save them. Right. Save that's, them, Ezra. That's save what I'm them. Saying, like a bigger mind yeah. screw you there. Put, you know, put like, some effort. So he's yeah. just like, do it. You know, yeah, do it. You yeah. Either watch it or save them. Yeah. You know, and he never did anything like that. It was just go be happy. Yeah. You can be happy with your parents again. Oh, you didn't do it, Dread. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the reaction. It's right? just like, like it didn't it didn't do it for me. <laughs> so I did think it was a neat idea that he didn't appear like himself. He looked. Right. He, I like that they used the old him in the hologram because if he looked evil, then Ezra would. It was. It was. That, that it, was yeah. a little bit of a mind trick to Ezra to try and make him feel a little more like he's dealing with someone on a, a right. nice basis. But uh, other than that, I. 
it was it was kind of wasted. You know, it's like you got him back. You're not gonna do anything really cool with him, except to have him stick his hand through time portals and fire lightning fire. <laughs> All right, how about the resolution of Callus? What did you guys think about the fact that Callus got a chance Callus to go to is, Zeb's home world? Well, and that see whole thing. That- Callus is one of my favorite characters of the entire series. Why? Because he actually changed and had an arc. Right. He started off one way. You really almost, you really didn't want to like him at all. Then you got these hints, like, do I want to like him? Yeah. Why, why is there something about this guy? Even though he's being bad, I kind of like him. And then, boom, the turn came, and then he's helping the rebels, and then he's cool, and he was good, and I liked it, and he never went back to being a traitor. He had an arc. Through this four seasons, he yeah. changed, he did stuff, he went from one place to another. He might be the most well-rounded character of the whole series. But <laughs> In my opinion, he's one of my favorites. And, you know, the whole ending with him going to Zeb's home world, a little trite. It was just like, oh, let's show him that he did, he wasn't so evil, and we'll take him. I'm, I'm glad they tied back into that, at least re-mentioned that Zeb had saved his race right. and found a plan. I'm glad they at least re-mentioned that. The whole thing with Callus seemed a little forced, of course, but uh, it, it was fine. What did you think of the ending of Callus there, Gary? It was, I was all right with it. Yeah. He's, well, like Eric, he's one of my favorite characters in the whole thing. And that's what I find funny, too, is, is the ones I actually felt for were the, the bad guys. Yeah, like, I K- actually... Kalos and Price, I fell for it. I, I was just about to say, Governor Price actually kind of felt for a little bit, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, she's been duped in this whole scenario, too, mm. you know what I mean? I mean, it was tough. To follow Thrawn and do everything If I was Thrawn writing asked. it, I would have wanted to give her the redemption of going with the Rebels at the end yeah, when, when, when Zeb that made too. that offer. And the fact that she didn't yeah. and was willing to die upset me. Yeah. And I'm, the fact that that upset me... <laughs> meant that I was emotionally invested in that character right. to an extent. I right. was like, oh, she didn't take it. She really is bad. Damn, you know? And that This is the first show I've watched with. where I think I was more vested in the bad guys yeah. than the good guys. Well, even Thrawn. I mean, granted, he's got the whole legacy weight behind him of being yeah. such a, a you know a legend character. Well, I'll go even further. I'm going back to, like, good. the Inquisitors, right? Like, the Inquisitors. There's I mean, another like, drop. I, Whatever I was, happened to them in the Night Sisters I was emotionally invested in all the Inquisitors, and I kind of felt like we dropped the ball on those, and I liked those characters. First, first of all, and, the first Inquisitor let himself die. Right. Clearly, at the end of the first season, he let himself die when he could have easily escaped, because right. he's an Inquisitor, Inquisitor, he had more power. Did we ever explain why? Nope. No. He just pops up in a temple later on. And that's not explained as to why. Why was he in the temple? Who knows? We don't know. You know, Thrawn has one of the helmets, though, on his desk, so that's great. <laughs> I'm glad that <laughs> told me something. But, you know, nothing. So the Inquisitor I liked, and I wanted to see more about. Then we had the, the brother and the sister. The brother and the sister, they were interesting characters, and I liked their designs and their visuals, and the, some of the fight scenes with them were really good, and getting them involved at the Sith Temple. I granted, the one guy helicoptered around with his lightsaber, that, you know, the, the, the thing he had, that <laughs> is a little weird, but... Yeah, it's saying a little Power Rangers-ish, yeah, but, you know, whatever. But for the most part, I, and then those characters weren't all killed. Weren't right. we talking about how, like, two yeah, of them at least two, escaped? Two of them escaped. We have no idea what happened. No idea. Well, they like, never came back. Well, just the one that the helicopter and around escaped. But he escaped, right. so fine. What's going on so, there? Like, what what happened? Like, right. Actually, in general, what happened to the Inquisitors yeah. overall? Right. The whole point was they were going to hunt the Jedi down, but here's two Jedi and Lothal. You know they're there. Yeah. They just drop we brought, that. We bring Maul back in for a while. We make him cool to the point where he's tempting Ezra, and there's like right. a big plan there. And then he get he get you know he has a I'm gonna go do something. And what does he do? He, you know they finally go and tell a story where he goes and confronts Obi Wan. How? And he just shows up standing next to him by a fire. They swing a couple blades, and he's dead. And in the end, he has this enigmatic line: "Will he avenge us? Yes, he will." Are we gonna explain any of that? No. no. Dropped like everything else. Like, a, here's your hot potato. You know, take that out of your hands, toss it on the floor, kick it around a little bit. We don't care. We're throwing it away. 
oh, wow, you know, Maul fighting Vader. I'll bet everyone would really like to see that. That'd be a great thing. Maybe Vader takes out the person who, you know, was his the first one before him and that'd be good. No, we're not going to tell that story. The the audience wants to see it. We're not going to tell that. We're going to tell a different story. And that seems to be the decisions they always make. There are stories the audience would want to see, so we're not going to tell those. We'll tell other ones. Okay, so let's wrap this up. Let's rate these last two episodes. Let's rate them together, I guess, because really they're kind of one story I'm sure this is all helping our chances of ever being employed by Lucasfilm. (laughs) Uh, Zeros that don't bother, tens being a must-see. As a matter of fact, you know, I think LFL actually might appreciate the fact that we are kind of critical about this stuff because we're thinking about it. Most people would watch this stuff and just drone through it and not think about it. I don't hate Star Wars. I want to love it. I want to like everything you're putting out. But but I'll be critical when I feel it. Yeah. So zeros that don't bother, tens a must-see. Anybody want to rate these last two episodes? Is this just the last two episodes? Just for the last two episodes. What do you guys? What do you guys? To, to, together, right? Yep. You I want to go, it, Gary? I, I'll go first. I, I give it a six. Okay. I I, I liked uh, certain parts of it. I felt for for price. I, I uh, he's got a crush on her. I do. I do. <laughs> you read Thrawn, you 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 understand it. Okay. <laughs> she 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 was a, a very good character throughout the whole thing. Yeah. So and and Callus was another good character throughout it. The rest of the Rebel crew, I didn't really care about any of them. Yeah. I, I I was gonna give it a five. I, I was actually disappointed in this ending. I really was to to multiple levels. I didn't like the way the wolves were used as the crutch. I I, I thought it was an awful. Decision. I don't think the wolves were ever needed. I, I don't either. I I didn't. I actually didn't like the whole fight scene on the platform. I thought it was very awfully choreographed. I didn't like the way Rook was handled and yeah. throughout the, the almost the entire. The only episode. cool parts of that fight on the platform was a couple of shots of Sabine, the way she flew around, the camera yeah. swooped with her. Yeah. There were a couple of cool shots in there. Yeah, but it's like somebody figured out how to do some cinematics, yeah. you know, in very simplistic terms. You know, even the ships, the way the gunships were coming in and out, it was like, it was just bad timing, bad graphics, bad, you know, all of it. It would just seem really awful. I never liked the design of them. Anyway, I never so. liked the design of those gunships either. That That's not the way they were described in anything, right. any book we've ever read. Uh, you know, I, I but they're not canon anymore. So. You're right. That's not the canon. True. Um, I just I didn't like the story arc either. I I I know they were trying to go for the Ezra as the hero saving the day kind of hero sacrifice thing. I, I could have cared less that he he sacrificed himself. I really I know everybody else is like oh, oh I'm like I I okay good great take the ship go get rid of Thrawn. I was almost cheering it on and towards the end because I was kind of like, good, another character gone. Good idea. <laughs> you know, like, it was just like, I, I can't believe I'm saying that. I wanted to have a hero's, but at the same time, again, I'm not invested in the character. Nothing about Ezra made me want to be like, yeah, he's such a, I don't know. There's, there was nothing in that that got me going for that. Uh, ironically, I was actually more interested in what happened to Hondo Anaka than I was in the entire crew. <laughs> And we don't know what happened to Hondo, do we? He was fine, wasn't he? I, I thought, he was, thought he got in his ship and left. Right, he got in his ship and left. and like, So that's the other questions out there, right? What happens to Hondo and Naka from this point forward? You know, great character from Clone Wars all the way through Rebels who could potentially go on. And that's the other thing, too. I was kind of shocked, quite honestly, a little bit, that Hera uh, was involved in Return of the Jedi. Okay. Wow, like I, it, I could have bought all that if we'd seen the ghost in the movie already somewhere along the way, and now you can't come out with a super ultra cool special edition and put the ghost in that Return of the Jedi. Sorry, <laughs> they LFL. can. That's how they're gonna sell it. Uh, but you get what I'm saying, right? Like, like we already saw Rex in Return of the Jedi. Okay, great, that tied in. I'm fine with that. But to say, well, Hera was involved too. 
Eh, wrong. Well, well, was she in the space battle or was she on the on Endor? Either way, you're not in the film. You know it, what I mean? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Is, is if there's if there's a, a Twilight and uh, Endor fighting with the uh, and I can buy that, then I'm fine. And I don't care what color she was uh, right. at that point. You know? Right. But I'm just saying, like, we didn't even get get that point. So right. to me, leave her out of that. Like, you didn't need to put that in there. You just leave her out. You know, she helped the rebellion. That's all you needed to say. You didn't need to say she was there during the battle. Right. Then I don't know. Part of that was just like bull. I call bull on that, like big time. So I, that's why I only give it a five because there's just so much in this episode. There was just kind of like you want to call bull on, and you just want to be like, "This is crazy," and I can't believe we're ending in the way we are. The redeeming part of this whole thing, Ahsoka's alive. That to me, that was the only redemption, the real redemption at the end. It, not that Ezra could potentially still be alive. That Ahsoka is alive. That was the only redeeming quality to me. And and, and Sabine's armor looked awesome at the end. I agree with you. I liked the Mando armor at the end, but to me, it wasn't a selling point per se. What'd you think, Eric? Well, Gary took my number. I was going to give it a six. <laughs> well, I'm the low one this time around. <clears throat> so it's amazing that such an epic ending can have such bad fight sequences, which <laughs> constantly pull you out of of the any involvement in the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, Everything we've said up to this point holds true. Interesting villains, not so interesting heroes, uh, very big MacGuffins that come swooping in at the end to to save everything. Uh, the, you, the, you can also tell how this feels rushed by the fact that how much happened in the last, what, four or five episodes of the entire series. Sure. We lost two major characters yep. in a span of four. Both Jedis had to sacrifice themselves for different reasons within a span of like five episodes. So you're jamming a lot of story in because that's very unbalanced to the overall series. You know, someone getting lost halfway through the series and then another at the end, I'd I'd buy it more. It just seems like, you know, no. Uh, Space whales shooting (laughs) Thrawn while holding him in his tentacles across the galaxy and hurtling him with with now super powerful Jedi Ezra, who has not been that powerful up to this point. Yeah, it just was all over the place. He, 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 drank, he drank his midi-cornian Kool-Aid. He did. He's like, I, I, I was going to say he ate his spinach, but okay, yeah, that works too. So <laughs> the, the reason I give it, the reasons you should watch it, it ends the series. If you're a completionist, you got to complete it. you got to see right. what happens. Were there some okay story ideas? Sure, there were a few. You know, there were some interesting visuals. Again, there were some nice, there were some nice cinematic work at the end during the final fight sequence even though it was the giant space whales sweeping in which Ezra apparently knows how to call yeah, right from across the galaxy yeah where do you learn this you know again let's just throw that out there no need to explain it you know he's never done it before but he'll do it now well, and they'll show up right on time it was in the Vulcan mind mill day oh, that's what it is that's yeah. what <laughs> <clears throat> um, so you know boo on your drop storylines boo on your leaving characters behind that we found interesting uh, boo hiss on just you know, making no one interesting and, yeah. and changing over time, except for people like Callus. Let's give Callus his own show. Uh, I think he deserves it. And uh, yeah, I was disappointed. You know, it's it's you want to like these shows and you want to be find them interesting and you want to you, you want to be sad that they're ending them early. And honestly, right now I sit here. A little God relieved, is my right? God is my witness. Well, I'm glad I don't have to review any more of this <laughs> yeah. because. I wasn't getting a whole I'm lot like of I'm like partially relieved we don't have to watch these Let's anymore. Let's go watch some fan films. Right. You know, like, that, yeah. that really into it. And yeah, I'm excited for the John Favreau series. I'm excited for, I'll, I'll take a look at Resistance and see what yep. it's like. It's, But otherwise, yeah, you lost me on this one, Lucasfilm. You know, it's you've you've got more, you know, 
strikes on the bad column than the good in the past like three years for yeah. me. And Especially in cartoons really for whatever reason. Yeah, I mean the cartoon series, it's all Rebels, yeah. Um, Force, Force Awakens, major disappointment for the reasons we mentioned, but then Last Jedi for me, you know, was just not a good movie. So it. it's like you got me Rogue One. You had me back in for a while. It's yes. like I liked Rogue One, you know, enjoyed it. Uh, so what you're saying is Solo is your only hope. I'm I'm hoping Solo is a good movie. <laughs> I'm hoping Solo is extremely entertaining. I, I'm hoping Solo is a good movie, and I hope the TV show is it will, will be tying, when will be a redemption. Now, how long? How far off did they say the TV show was? Seven years after. No, I mean oh, no. from us being able production. To see it. Oh. Yeah, uh, they're in script right now. I believe they're supposed to be. Filming over the summer, late summer, in early fall, I believe. So we should get this in 2019. I'm thinking it's supposed to be released in early 2019. I believe that's the production speed that right. we've been hearing anyway. I, um, You know, I'm willing to wait because after Solo, we don't have any Star Wars for a while. Right. We won't have Episode Nine until Christmas of 2019. We right. won't have... Resistance. Well, that's actually supposed to come out in the fall. fall. That, so we'll have resistance. So we are supposed to have that coming out in the fall. Um, so, so we'll have we'll have one thing. And, and I have no hope for that. I am worried, you know, because I'm worried it's going to be too kiddish. I mean, at least based on the picture we saw, yeah. that that's my only. Concern. I need to see some stuff of it, you know, to I see agree how it's going to work. D twenty. Oh, no, it will be before D twenty three. Yeah, I, I mean, if it's coming out already, that yeah. that's something we might get a clip of at. San Diego Comic Con. That's true. Because Lucasfilm didn't say they're not coming. No, just Just much Marvel. Marvel. Right. So for me, my hope and excitement right now rests in the Marvel universe. (laughs) They've got me right now, and Star Wars doesn't. I got to agree with you there. So go ahead, Gary. Well, I was going to say, just touch on a little bit. Have you seen the new trailer for the Predator movie? I just saw that today. No, I haven't. I'll have to watch it later. We'll watch it after. Yeah, we'll watch it after. I want to hear your opinions. Okay, so those were our thoughts on the, the Han Solo movie, on the John Favreau TV show, on CGI when it comes to John Favreau. What else did we talk about at the beginning? I, I um, my mind. Uh, Obi Wan movie, Obi Wan movie possibility, rumors, things like that. And our thoughts on the end of Star Wars Rebels. We'd love to hear what you think of what we just said. Bring it on. So we're waiting for you. So head on over to GalaxyCast at GalaxyCast.com or email us at GalaxyCast at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, all those things you can find us on. Again, we're going to be working on updates. We're going to be trying to get some more social media out there for all of you. Yeah, we have to. And I promise episodes are going to be edited soon. So we're going to be updating very soon on all that. And I do want to just say as a final word, you see that meme all the time. Let people enjoy things. If you enjoyed Rebels, again... Hey, more power to you. Actually, tell us because I, I want to know. I want to hear like, what about did, Rebels. And I'm, and I'm I need those say, uplifting things. I'm yeah. not going to say you're wrong. Right. I'm going to say I didn't, and here's the reason. Right. right. And right. that's all I'm saying. So I'm trying not to add to the internet hate, which is so big right now, where people are <laughs> making a point of going, "Well, your ideas are stupid." Yeah. No, I don't think you're stupid for if you liked it. No, actually, yeah. I want to know why you liked it. Yeah. Because I actually wanted to like it. You know what I mean? I'm did, just, we, did we miss I'm something? You know, did yeah. Did we miss something? Yeah. So, uh, you know, let us know what your thoughts, and as we always like to say here in the Star Production Studios, may the force be with those who listen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed this show. Were it not for you, our loyal listeners, this show would not exist. We appreciate your time and want to hear from all of you, since our podcast is by fans and for fans. Head on over to our website at galaxycast.com to find out more about our show. Write to the show by sending an email to galaxycast at gmail.com. 
If you have something positive to say, use the subject line. We like and use a show. If you have a complaint, make your subject line. You've failed me for the last time. And look for the Galaxy Cast on social media, including Facebook, Twitter, and other media soon to come. Carry on, wayward travelers. Warp Factor 2. First star to the left, straight on till morning.